Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. Running a restaurant is hard. Launching one can be even harder. And launching a new one every couple of weeks seems like maybe madness. But pop-ups are really popular here in Pittsburgh. We're here with one chef who, from the outside, makes it look like a Scandinavian piece of cake. It's Thursday, March 30th. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. It's Thursday, so I hope y'all came hungry. I'm here with a local chef whose menus can certainly help get you there. Nick Forsberg, welcome to CityCast Pittsburgh. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me. Of course. And congratulations on your James Beard Award nomination. That's kind of amazing. Are you totally overhearing that by now? I am, but <laughs> I'm still <laughs> I'm still pretty elated about it. It came as a big surprise, but also at a perfect time when we were applying for our loan from the URA for the restaurant. So we just I had to snag the application back real quick. I was like, can I just pencil uh, something in there maybe? <laughs> well, and we're like minutes, hours away from hearing whether you are moving on from semifinalist to finalist. I, I don't want to jinx it, but do you have, you know, any adoring fans to thank or anything? I didn't even know that was today. That I is today. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, great. Now that's another level of anxiety that I'll enjoy. <laughs> We're always here to help. So you run a pop-up called Fet Fisk or Greasy Fish. How would you describe the cuisine? Oh, I'm not getting any better at answering this question. But um, <laughs> it's Nordic, Scandinavian inspired kind of by yeah. my heritage. But really, it's more focused around... Um, sustainability and traceability of the ingredients. I run my own farm where we grow about 90% of the produce that we use and everything else is either sourced from the region or as far as seafood goes, I just make sure that it's sustainably harvested. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of like, that's sort of the backbone of the concept. But from there, it's just sort of loosely European, French-inspired stuff with kind of a Nordic twist. What, what does Nordic mean for my plate? What would I see or get to experience, you know, food-wise that would feel, I don't know, maybe different for some of Western Pennsylvania? Dill. Yeah? That, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all down to the dill? Yeah, it's like, I'll just throw some dill on here that makes it Nordic. One single herb. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's pretty simple food. Um, yeah, did you have to do much research? Were you kind of pulling from family memories? Is there is there a grandma's recipe somewhere in I here? mean, there definitely are a few of those. Um, but again, I only made it over there every so often. But mm -hmm. um, definitely have some standout food experiences, especially like my great-grandma eating chanterelles fried in butter 
at her house in the country in Sweden was like, I mean, I was eight years old and that just blew my mind. I had never eaten anything like that and wouldn't eat anything like that again for another 10 years, maybe. Yeah. But it's a lot of it is like self, it's sort of like self implanted or projected. Like I kind of, it's sort of like in my imagination, what I would want to see. So it's like one step away from the actual reality of most Swedish food, which is like meatballs and potatoes at a truck stop, you know, it's like, <laughs> or ke- like kebab. Um, well, so this farm, uh, it's in Lincoln Lemington. I think I read, um, yeah. how, I guess, which came first, the food or the farm? Well, initially when I started Fetfisk, um, I was working at tiny seed farm, um, for Todd Wilson. I was kind of like the field manager for him. Um, and they're all organic, right? They are. Yeah. And um, I mean, when I moved to Pittsburgh six years ago, there weren't a lot of restaurants that I was excited about working in. Um, cool. I felt like there wasn't <laughs> much. <laughs> I mean, that's not to say, I mean, like it's come a long way too, but I think yeah. I just transitionally, it, it, it wasn't seeming so um, attractive to me. And so I kind of like happenstance, I like worked at a restaurant that Todd worked at. He ran a farm and then I started working for him and really fell in love with that as like another avenue to explore like food production. And um, so I think it's always been in the back of my mind. And uh, when we first started FedFisk, anyway, this is my long story. <laughs> Go in. But like started FedFisk, I was working there. And so like we started January 2019. So no veggies then. But as soon as stuff started popping out of the ground, I was like, this it was all over the menu so i was like well this makes perfect sense i'm going to harvest this stuff the day before dinner like you can't match that freshness you know yeah what do you grow um in your garden right now we have peas going in the ground arugula dill radishes cabbages and then into tomatoes peppers eggplants watermelons is one of my favorite things to grow then we do you know pumpkins squash uh more fall cabbage, things like that. Yeah. And then with the the garden itself, how does that like kind of affect your creative process? You know, does it feel constraining to be, you know, have 90% of your vegetables come from it or no, is it kind of fun? No, no, I need that. Honestly, I think if someone, you know, just gave me a blank piece of paper and was like, what do you want to cook? I don't think I could come up with a single dish, but you're an like eight crayon having, box kind of guy, not a 64 crayon box kind of guy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it really, you really get to like squeeze some creativity out of your brain when you're confined like that, or at least I do, I think. And I, I mean, every week I just make, I'm a huge list guy. I make lists of all the vegetables that I have, what kind of like preserved stuff I need to use. And then the menus just come from there. So But what if, you know, your pop-ups are planned weeks in advance? What if a critter gets into the garden and destroys something you've got on the menu? You know, that changes things, right? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little inconvenient, sure. (laughs) But I mean, it's like I can, I mean, I'm at the farmer's market every week with our stand, Mm -hmm. so I can kind of make up for losses there, so... Do you like to dance? Look at 
beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch, well mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you know or have any kind of hunch that pop-ups would be this popular, not just in Pittsburgh, but kind of everywhere all of a sudden? I mean, the pandemic was just like, you know, a revelatory moment where people are like, maybe I don't necessarily want to bust my ass for something (laughs) that's not mine all the time. And um, yeah, I mean, I know I felt that way. And I I decided to, you know, make the move to full self-employment during the pandemic. I bet. A pop-up, it's like a sandbox, you know? And so people are, you know, they're trying their hand at stuff. And I think it's a great way to get started. I mean, it worked. It worked for me. It is working for you. I've wanted to go, but every time you have sold out almost instantly. I'm really impressed, actually, that the James Beard people managed to sneak their way in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just was, that was no, there was no expectation there that anything like that would happen. And then I just fell on the floor. But um, <laughs> you did. So you had no indication that they were coming at all. Yeah. Now, I mean, now it's even worse. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to like, take a month off or something to do, get into planning for the year and, and deal with all this restaurant logistical stuff. And then that dropped. And then I had people beating down my door to come eat and also sell me like, DirecTV and uh, SodaStream guns and stuff like that for the restaurant. I'm like, you got to hold your horses. Like, <laughs> It's a good problem to have. Yeah. So this restaurant, it's a location in Bloomfield, the old Lombardozzi building. Um, I want to play a little tape, actually, from your GoFundMe page. My name is Kate Romaine. I have Black Rider's Kitchen, um, and I have been a chef in Pittsburgh for about three years. Is that true? I'm elder, but I'm not ancient. <laughs> the first time he did a pop-up in our space, I was more than impressed. Um, just A, with his organization, the the people that are working with him, super professional, but also obviously his food is some of the best food that's happening in Pittsburgh right now, and I got really excited for this project. So we all know that restaurants are a labor of love, um, and you have to keep in the creative space. And one of the ways you know, from my own experience, not having financial stress when you open or are a business owner is huge. This type of funding 
um, that Nick is going for will keep him in the driver's seat as far as his creativity for both his food and for his workplace culture. So he'll be able to make decisions that are informed of the way he wants to create and control his business model. You're three quarters of the way towards that $40,000 goal. Uh, I've seen actually some like Pittsburgh famous and like kind of famous, famous names on your donation page. What's it been like to watch those roll in? I mean, it's been pretty great. I think we knew we would have some community support, but like the generosity of anyone donating, but also certain people has been really humbling. And um, yeah, I mean, it'll help get us there for sure. Are you nervous about expanding? I mean, I've only seen photos of Lombardozzi's, but it seems pretty big. Like, yeah. what is it, like over 70 seats or something in the bar and restaurant? Yeah, and then there's three banquet rooms. Whoa. So I think total, maybe the space at capacity might be like 250. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's huge. So you could say I'm a little nervous, but um, <laughs> honestly, I think like having events capabilities and the ability to expand within the space is going to really go a long way for keeping our kitchen staff well paid and, and keeping the restaurant afloat. Um, well, so you've got your loan, you've got uh, some crowdfunding, and then you're contributing money as well. Um, correct. I don't know. How does it affect your motivation? Does it add risk? Does it add to your creative process? It added a lot of anxiety when we were going through the loan application process. Um, but I think it made, I mean, we put in like I'm now uh, like um, Greg Austin of 412 and Kate Romain are part owners now. And um, like I have some equity after running the business for a little bit and they're, they're chipping in some and that ended up only being about, I mean, our total project cost is around $400,000. So we are putting in 40, hoping to get 40 from the community via the GoFundMe. And then the loan was about 320, which um, we got a commitment letter two weeks ago. So I'm sleeping a lot better now. Congratulations. I know that's that's a big load off. For sure. Yeah. I've been able to shift my mindset from just ambient anxiety about that going through now to be like, how do I actually make this happen? And I'm feeling energized and motivated. What's the timeline to open then? Oh, everyone wants to know, don't they? They do. Uh, but uh, we get keys to the space in June and then we probably have seven, seven months of remodeling. So late this year, very optimistically, realistically, it's going to be probably more into next year. Do you think that you'll keep doing um, a Monday service um, when the restaurant's up and running? Uh, right now, yes. Cool. I think we got to we got to keep the spirit. And, um, you know, we kind of have a captive market on Mondays already. And uh, there's just nowhere else to eat on nope. Monday nights. Sure isn't. <laughs> Not after the pandemic, at least. So, yeah, we're we're wanting to keep that spirit alive and just do a totally banging ass um, industry night. Sweet. Well, we'll keep looking for that. Um, and we'll put them in our newsletter, too, assuming they're not sold out within minutes every single time. Um, Nick Forsberg of Fet Fisk, thank you so much. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you later today. Yeah, thank you. This was really nice, Megan. And an update. As promised, a few hours after we talked to Nick, the James Beard Foundation released their finalists. He wasn't on the list. But another Pittsburgh favorite, Apteca, is. So congratulations to both of them. Getting recognized in any way from this organization is a super cool accomplishment. Winners will be announced in June.
A little more news before you go, and we'll get the icky stuff out of the way first. Police across the Commonwealth responded to a ton of fake 911 calls yesterday, alleging school shootings all over the place. Our county dispatch center got two of them, one for Oakland Catholic and another for Central Catholic, both high schools in Oakland. But those hoax phone calls also hit other schools in other counties. Bucks, Beaver, Cambria, Northampton, Lehigh, Erie counties, maybe more, plus a bunch of other states. Our state police and the FBI say they're looking into it. And in our own small way, so will we. You can listen for more on that next week. And keeping with today's food theme, a Pittsburgh culinary institution is closing. The downtown McDonald's has chosen not to renew its lease. Their landlord told the Trib that it's because foot traffic is down. And they also sort of alluded to this sense that downtown is falling back on hard times. And speaking of that, while the Golden Arches won't be there to welcome us anymore, the Golden Triangle Ambassadors will. The Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership is deploying an 11 person squad to make the neighborhood more welcoming for all of us, offering advice to anyone looking confused and, of course, keeping an eye out for crime. Usually, I'm trying to avoid eye contact with strangers, but hey, maybe this will change that. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Remember, every Thursday, we're going to be focusing on food. So if there's anything you want to hear about, please get in those DMs. Send us an email, pittsburgh at citycast.fm, or text us or leave a voicemail at 412-212-8893. All that stuff is also in our show notes. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm like stuck on the ride now, you know, so the bar on the roller coaster has has been securely fastened. Yeah.